Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission at us customs and border protection. We go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join us customs and border protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you are, whenever you are watching, listening to this. Just appreciate you guys making us part of your day. I'm Mike Singer. The handsome guy on the right side of the screen for folks watching on YouTube is Mike Goolsby. Um, the only super popular person in the world of Notre Dame football with a mustache because your brother from another mother, um, Sam Hartman, shaved off his mustache. Mike, do you want to make a statement? Um and uh and uh, i'm kidding mike but i i did like that sam hartman had that stash and and i'll put oh, he I'll, had it you're using past tense he shaved it off he, he since shaved it off he did since shave it off uh very sad well he must have got some backlash for biting my style you know i think so it's it's reasonable you know it's not it's not for everybody it's not yeah so there it is so uh i saw the video with sam hartman you know with the stash and um I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do the side by side. Well done, well done, well done. Um, so yeah, 14,000 views on that tweet. People love, you know, the the Michael's B. Sam Hartman discussion. Folks, hope you are well. If you're watching on YouTube, we do have a little special Monday night episode of the Ghouls B. Show. We were going to do Sunday night, um, but uh, I just was not feeling great, and uh, Dolphins were on, so I was like, Ghouls B. Could do Monday night, and he was like, sure. So, um. I'm uh, pumped that we could do the show on a Monday night. Um, so, uh, folks, yeah, hope you are. Everyone's doing well. Hit that thumbs up, of course. Subscribe to the channel, blueandgold.com, all that good stuff. Um, if you're listening via podcast, give us a kind review if you enjoy the show. So, Mr. Goolsby, let's get right into it. Uh, Notre Dame practiced last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then hit the road for a couple days by week. Coaches have a life on over the weekend, and then you get back into the swing of things. 
do you look unless you've been talking to some sources mike i don't know if you know what the staff will do differently on offense so maybe it's uh what would you like to see them do differently to improve that side of the ball or is it like uh um what they should do let's just let's just start there mike thoughts on the offense after the bye week yeah that's the just thinking about things the things to consider coming off the bye the big question mark and shout out to Tyler Horka i think at today's presser with coach freeman he got you know he got his name called first first question out of his mouth is like you know what can we expect different in regards to play calling etc so that's what this guy is going to be looking at closely against the Pittsburgh. Um, you're going to have, basically, I think your wide receiver room is now healthy, which is good. So at the end of the day, we just want to see the ball aired out a little bit more. You know, we we want to see more points scored to, to get back to, you're playing a sub 500 team in Pittsburgh. So to get back to the type of offense that we were just salivating over the first four games. I mean, that's ultimately what you what you want to see. And hopefully Coach Parker's gone back and done a little bit of self-scouting. And, you know, Tim Hyde's talked about this at length, is just get the bodies out of the box. You know, if you want to run the ball, it's like he, it's like a square peg round hole, right? It's like, I know you want to run the ball, but you don't need the two, three additional blockers in a confined space to be able to do so you can still run the ball and you can move those guys outside the box like it's entirely reasonable so and i think with the health of the wide receiver group um being back to where they were early in the season i mean that's gotta that's gotta serve us well offensively sorry uh yeah mike you you gotta think that they can run the ball in 10 personnel or he, if you're in 10 personnel and, and they're running like a they're, – they're crowding the box like it's a base defense, well, now you can just slant, uh, you know, flat route them to death, some bubbles. Like, it's – I'm with you, Mike. Well, it's like you – we have name – um, name a type of tight end, and we have it. You know, you got your vertical guy and stays – Right, you've got your intermediate guy um, in Evans. Obviously, you've got you know Raritan supposedly runs like four or five, and I believe it. Right, and he's a mismatch guy. So I mean, you could break the huddle, you could line in tight, you could shift so that you're making an inside linebacker cover a Raritan one on one. Um, and again, I never want to pretend like you're smarter than an OC, but there is stuff where it's just like it can't be that difficult, right? Um, and that's what we've gone back to that maybe that check with me scenario right. where we're going to, we're going to come out in, in a tight formation. We're going to plan on running the ball. If they load the box, we're going to check. And then we're going to split out stays. We'll leave Mitch with his hand on the ground and you'd split out Raritan. And then again, so a safety is going to have to come down or a linebacker is going to displace. I mean, it makes too much sense for us not to be able to implement something like that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Tyler Horka. Shout out to my boy Horka. I know he's w- listening this back as he probably is walking his dog. Um, he was talking about in his live show earlier Monday. I would recommend folks watch that live or listen to the podcast. I believe Horka posted as a podcast after it's Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern. He goes live with Darren Pritchett, local South Bend radio guy. Um, Horka was talking – like someone asked him, like, hey, would, is there any chance that this just is not working with Parker – and he does not, he's demoted or, you know, something happens where Parker's not calling plays. And and he and Darren were kind of like, they didn't see a scenario where that would happen. Would you agree, like, Notre Dame would, for them to jump ship on Parker after a season, things would have to go really bad down the stretch. Would you agree with that? Or do you, do you feel like Freeman could go in a different direction after the season? You know, there's a lot to let's work through that. I'm putting you on the spot for sure. Yeah, no, it's good. And I think that was one of the subjects we had to discuss was with Parker and Golden. Are they okay, okay, yeah, back? yeah. I mean, it's all the same kind of thing. So could I see your your question, Singer? Could I see something happening where Parker gets demoted? Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, I remember at a time, shame on me, but I mean I remember like at the back half of the season last year, I was like, Golden needs to go. I can remember saying that, you know, I'm, I'm wrong for saying that, 
But at that point in time, it was just like, man, this doesn't seem to be gelling. And then another year in the system with the same guys, the okay. defense has improved. Right. So there's kind of a case study there. None of us were happy with Golden's designer defense last year. So if you just look at that as a case example, case study, it can improve. Another thought that comes to mind is, you know, Freeman is a defensive-minded guy. Um, he's your lead recruiter. He's got multiple children. He's got to stay in shape. You know, I mean, there's only so many hours in a day, but might Freeman have spent a little bit of time with Parker and really get more into the weeds on the offensive side of the ball, right? And that's his responsibility as a head coach. And just in terms of like, hey, I, I we want to run the ball, but maybe from a defensive perspective, if you did X or if you did such and such, that would give me a problem as a defensive coordinator, right? And kind of walk him through that. I could see that happening. And then, but the other, the other thing is like, we're still winning games. Like we went toe to toe with an Ohio state. I mean, again, you don't have to rehash everything beat Duke, you know, kind of got beat up against Louisville, but like, you're still winning games. But again, this isn't the offense that we were dreaming of in the off season. Um, so those are just some, some things to consider um, really coming out of this by. Okay. And then, you mentioned what do you think about golden because mm. my personal opinion is it sourced you know maybe a little bit but mainly my opinion i don't see golden coming back for year three i think that whether it's going back to the league or getting a you know some group of five head coaching position my personal opinion is that this is his last year i could see a third for sure but i don't see past a third um so again my opinion here that Golden, this is probably his last year at Notre Dame. Your your thoughts on that, Mike? Do you do you, do you see him staying another year? I don't. I don't find that hard to believe. I don't find that hard to believe. And I, I I'd love to like you know the motivation for Golden to you know he was in the Super Bowl with the Bengals. Comes in, he's a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, and he's he, he's getting up there in age. I don't I don't know how old he is, but he's not a spring chicken. I think he's fifty four. He's not as old as you. Mike. Interesting. He's just been co he's just been around that long, right? Yeah. So it makes him seem. So it's like, you know, putting Notre Dame on your resume is, I think, something that, you know, as a guy gets into his later 50s, you'd probably want. So he can kind of check that box. But, I yeah, I would see him just going back to the NFL as a DC. I do. Yeah. It's, it's two different – from what I gather, it's two different worlds. And the recruiting piece is the big component of – that's the big difference. And then, you know, Golden likes to – you know, like I said before, you see him on that sideline with his little notepad – he loves that X's and O's thing. So it's like you don't have to focus on player development. You don't have to recruit. And you more or less you get unlimited time with these guys in the league. Whereas yeah. it maybe it's frustrating with him because like I want to do all of these neat things on defense, but I only have X numbers a week to install and work with my kids, right? Right. So, yeah, I would think that he'd go back to the NFL. Um and you know why would there be any consistency with Notre Dame recently? I mean, it's it's been it's been it's been wild since you know for the last eighteen months in terms of staff and people coming and going. Yeah, the live chat's talking about like Golden. Oh, he's not a good recruiter. So when Notre Dame brought back Harry Heastand, and co the coaches would be out on the road, Harry would stop at one school a day. Like they didn't like make Harry grind too much on the recruiting trail. So that's kind of what I thought would be the case without Golden. But he would be stopping in at like five high schools, like just grinding on the trails. Like, damn, I did not think Al Golden had that. A Golden got on the trail a little bit more than I thought. Like, I, I, I think people are downplaying Al Golden as a recruiter. I so here's he was at, and this is off the top of my head, so don't crucify me if I'm wrong. But he was a head coach at Virginia some time ago, right? DC at Virginia. Okay. I'll have DC, yeah, well, as you're as you're looking that up, and I should know that. Shame on me. But at some point, it was either, you know, when I was having a cup of coffee with the NFL or when I was at the Combine or something, but there was two Virginia linebackers, Daryl Blackstock and Ahmad Brooks, and they were just talking about how much they love Golden. And like, Golden was like the man. And I was like, okay, so he seemed to have like a really good relationship with those two like stud players. Um, and I was like, dang, who is this Al Golden? The way they were talking about him. And I'm like, okay, so if you, if you parlay that into recruiting – I could see him being a good recruiter. I, How the hell do you remember that conversation from that long ago, Ghouls? 
That's crazy. Hey man. Um, I don't know. I because I, I, I just I think about stuff all the time. <laughs> Golden uh, DC at Virginia from 2001 to 2005. His first head coaching gig sense. was 2006 with Temple. But to, to kind of put a bow on my my talk about Golden this past week, you know, Mike, you have ten assistants and then one head coach. So Notre Dame had the bye week. Coaches started hitting the road. Chad Bowden, the director of recruiting, went on the road. Al Golden did not. Hmm. Um, is there something to read into that? I, I think it's more about how good Bowden is on the road. Let your DC stay behind, have a little time off, or you know, let him drop some more designer defensive things. But it's at least something to kind of note. Um, so that you would say that he would be, as opposed to out on the road, he would be interviewing or having. Oh, just results? just. In South Bend, grinding, man. I got like, it. Yeah. So, um, I don't think he's interviewing for anything. Especially. I don't know. If, I don't know if you can yet. I don't know what that yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. like. But no, my, my first opinion yeah. would be Parker. We stay for year two, and I, I would guess Golden is, is off. But uh, yeah, and that'll be interesting to see what that, what, how you can forecast the defensive side of the ball because I mean Freeman is an ex defensive play caller. And as we've talked about before, he got a lot of stuff. I mean, he was thrust into this head coach role, head coach role virtually overnight. And then he's kind of getting his bearings over the last. I mean, he's still learning how to be an in-game coach. So with Golden moving on, maybe and Freeman now being more comfortable as the head man, maybe he t- he takes more ownership of the defensive side of the ball. I'd, I'd almost hope so. Goolsby, how's the move going? Um, we sold our house. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sold our house um pretty quickly, but it's like it's contingent, right? So the buyers of our house have to we don't close for like a month on the new place. Okay. Okay. Well, Mike we'll could bring that up. Yeah, my, yeah, Mike is uh cuz I guess we've talked about it on the show, I believe. It's not a secret. I don't right? think we have. I think. Oh I'm yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. yeah, we okay. are. Yeah, getting the house ready to sell. Yeah, okay. so, no, it'll be uh, nervous. To put your business out there, but yeah, I, th- I thought. No, we had. no, no, no. You're fine. Yeah, so I'm excited. It's just you know trying to wait on this this our buyer to get it sold. And then once yeah. that happens, then we're in the clear. So yeah, the new place is pretty sweet. So I actually have a more space to kind of. I'm thinking about creating some sort of like a a studio as it were with the Patreon as well. So it's just like you know I can have a dedicated space versus borrowing a spare reg- bedroom. Can you have like a, a whiteboard? I've got some ideas and we could talk about this offline and okay. maybe even fans leave it in the comment. Cause like I said, with the Goolsby show here on YouTube and then the Patreon, you know, behind a paywall, it's like, I want to be able to give people more. So I'm thinking about whiteboard and, or just a big TV yeah, yeah, yeah. where I can kind of, and I'd actually like to get up out of a chair cause nobody's doing that. Mm. If I'm moving around almost like a Pat McAfee type thing is really in my mind's eye how I have it see right. it going. Text me after there's also somebody I know um who does that kind of thing who covers Georgia and I'll send you I'll send you him so you can check him out and get some. Yeah, my him. neighbor my neighbor was having a beer with him the other night and you know he's like a video edit, editor producer and he's like, Well, I'll come over and give you my two cents on how like to film it. it, how to light it, etc. So it it should be cool. Um but yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. Well, yeah. With Goolsby's move, it's a good reminder, folks. Real estate is always a good investment. I mean, don't take an, an investing advice from Mike Sarah, but I think it's, you know, I think real estate's always good. And that's where we're going to talk about. Nice. You like Excellent. that, Goolsby? We're going to talk about Irish Realty. It's your ticket to experiencing Notre Dame all year long. Me and my wife actually just brought a second property. And I told her if I could, if when we were looking at places, I was like, South Bend was on my number one. You know, it, it, it didn't work out. Um, but I would love to get into the South Bend real estate market. And if you are, you got to head to irishrealty.net. It's a great place to obviously to enjoy your football weekends. You got this new era of uh, men's basketball, got the, you know, a, a big time women's hoops program as well. Don't forget hockey, baseball, NCAA champion lacrosse team. And Irish Realty is the market leader, whether you're looking for a condo, townhouse, or a second home in Notre Dame country. Check out the affordable Eddy Square townhomes, three-story units starting in the mid-300s, Brennan's View luxury condominiums near Eddy Square, or the Echoes Villas four- and five-bedroom upscale retreats. And don't miss the Bell Terry uh, Villas, a new home community just north of campus. Whether it's for pure enjoyment 
or an investment property opportunity, whatever it is, folks, Irish Realty has you covered in the Notre Dame market. Check it out, irishrealty.net. There you go. A couple super chats, Mike. Trash says, I'm always high on Singer and Ghouls being blue and gold. Well, uh, Trash, appreciate your friend. He says, I'm still very high on this team. People just need time to gain experience. We have the recruits because of this coaching staff. Be thankful, Trash says. Trash, appreciate the $10, my friend. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I mean, this whole thing has been, we talked about this after the Duke game. I think I said, you know, make your mind up on Coach Freeman, right? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just because it's been you know, shaky at times. And this specifically like in-game operation. But Freeman was brought here to be the face of the program. And we could touch on how, how many views, how many eyeballs are on Notre Dame football lately. And he's a big, big, if not, you know, between him and Hartman, I mean, they're fun to watch. So Freeman was here to be, you know, obviously the face of the program, et cetera, and, and to recruit. So, and I think he's done really, really well. And, you know, again, if you can get this offensive ex- execution and get some more explosive plays rolling, it just becomes, we're already a good product on TV. And, you know, with the addition of a you know, sufficient modern day offense, um, it's just going to be more of the same. But I will say too, Mike, not having the opportunity to watch Notre Dame this weekend, you're just flipping through the channels, right? You're watching other college football. And folks, there's a lot of bad football being played across the board. So it's like, you know, we get so insular and have our blinders on. Great point. And it's just like, dude, like, you know, in Iowa, right? Iowa's a, a name brand college football team. Like their offense, and this is no – shock like we all know it sucks but like to actually watch it and to watch big 10 football like the ohio state penn state you know there's a lot of bad football and i'm sitting there i tweeted about it i'm just like the amount of money that these coaches make and like this is the best that they can come up with it's it's pretty wild so notre dame as bad as we think our offense has looked um you know the last four weeks it could be a lot worse or just (laughs) as bleak as you think Notre Dame football is, oh, we haven't won a national championship since 88. Could be a lot worse. Could be. Yeah, I mean, you it's it's college football. And, like, we talk about it, Singer. It is entertainment. You know, it is life and death for many of us. But it is entertainment. Like, you look at Washington, right? Washington knocks off Oregon, right? They've got a, a front runner for Heisman. Like, look at Michael Penix's numbers this past week. Bad. Okay. All right. We got something to talk about, Mike. You mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Michael Penix. Did you see the game day clip with Desmond Howard? Bizarre. The 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 big oh, you know Penix Pen- energy. Yeah, Penix he energy. Said the name wrong. Uh, like if you just say big Penix energy, haha, it's kind of you know we 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 get it. But then he just says the name wrong to just make it sound like you know that. But so I want to okay thoughts on that, Ghouls? It was bizarre. It was very forced. Bizarre. You know, and this is interesting. So I've showed you – this is good. Okay. So I've showed you that clip before, and maybe I'll put this up on Patreon, but I'll clear it with Rocket. So, like, Freeman's first spring, he invited the ex-players back, and we're sitting around having beers, whatever, and uh, I bump into Rocket Ishmael, right? And for a time there, Rocket was on ESPN, one of the networks as an analyst, and I basically MF'd him way back in the day at Michigan State. We were playing Michigan State in the road. He had said on live on TV that he didn't think we were going to play well, et cetera. And I MF'd him in the tunnel. And I hadn't seen him. I'd never spoken to him before or after. And then I bumped into him at this thing. And then one of my ex-teammates has a presence of mind to film the interaction. And Rocket was saying he always struggled as an on-air personality of like, talking poorly about his school, you know, but the producers would tell him to say this, or 
and push him to say that, right? You know, and he struggled with that. So then you look at Desmond Howard going up there on this game day and saying big Phoenix energy, Phoenix folks. Uh, it's like Desmond, like you could have, you could have have Lee Corso do that. He doesn't even know where he's at anymore. Like have Lee Corso get out oh, there and do man. that. <laughs> game day isn't, isn't a great, I mean, the, the Fox channel, you know, Brady, Brady Quinn and Liner, it's such a better product as opposed to, to game day it, through the way I see it. Okay. So I want to talk about some of Notre Dame's rivals here. And right. just from a Mike Goolsby perspective, your thoughts on these three programs. First, USC, two straight losses. I'm sure you have seen the Caleb Williams, you know, pouting on the sidelines. The the weird, I think it's Emmanuel Acho, his weird tweet. Did you see this? I ooh, Keep going. Keep okay. going. I saw and how he's talking about he should just sit out the rest of the season. There's no point for him playing the, the rest of the year. So, Mike, your thoughts on USC right now? Lose to Utah, and of course, on the 14th, got blown out by Notre Dame. Are we moving on? You said two other rivals. We're gonna, yeah, move on. and then we're gonna talk Clemson and Michigan. But let's start okay. With so, yeah, USC. What do I think about them as a rival? I've always kind of respected you. Okay, Mike. Mike, I'm sorry. Not. I don't. We don't need to talk about the rivalry. Just maybe them as a program right now, and then yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. them as a program, they're a bit of a mess. It's like Notre Dame broke them, and then you talk about the social media thing. You know, we touched on this on the Patreon a bunch, but like they didn't like they like shut down their social media after they lose to who they lose to most recently Utah. Utah. Yeah, they get knocked off by Utah. They don't make any players available to the media after the game, and like after the Notre Dame game, they were blocking all of these like Notre Dame accounts, like real. But what did I call them? What did I call them leading up to? Like I called them the P word. Like Please that's what they are. Like, stop doing it again. That's fine. But they're a, a bunch of P-words. And uh, <laughs> and they kind of behave like it. And then the Caleb Williams thing, as talented as he is, and the talent's undeniable, Tim Hyde called him one of the five best players in college football history. Um, which Did he is really? A, oh, dude, I was like, and he said, okay, maybe 10. But 10. he's super talented. But, like, the ego and the persona and, like, the, the fingernail thing, like, you got to sit there and go, like, He's done it twice, right? He, 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 for two separate teams, the F Notre Dame, and then it was maybe it was F Utah the prior year. And it's like, man, you, you got to be a special kind of like, I don't know if it's a narcissist, Dude. but like who does stuff like that? What and then who as a coach allows your quarterback to go out there with that? Sorry, Mike. No, no, no. What about the the report that whatever team drafts somebody wants ownership in? Like, are you freaking – like, there's no way. Like, is that is that has to be a joke, right? So this is another thing where, and we'll talk about what Emmanuel Acho, and I do not like Emmanuel Acho. I do not like him. He's a front runner. He's a bit of a grifter. I don't like him uh, at all. You know, I, I don't like him. And I'm keeping myself out of trouble. I don't like him. But he puts out a tweet that given the fact that Caleb Williams is no longer in Heisman contention, that they're no longer in the running for national championship, that he should consider sitting out, you know, and he was like, quote, like, this is a business decision. And then you sort of juxtapose that with the amount of money that some of these NFL quarterbacks are making. And then so many of them, like Deshaun Watson got like $180 million guaranteed. And he's sitting there going, why would I ever play? Like he hasn't played at all this season. And it's, it's a, it's a weird balance because on one hand, you've got a $200 million, $100 plus million quarterback. Like he's valuable. We can't like risk getting him hurt. But then on the same time, this is still a team sport and you're a leader on the team. And it's like, how guilty would you feel, Singer, if you were making $42 million and you're going to sit out three games because of a sprained ankle or whatever? I couldn't sleep at night. So yeah. then you take this persona or this question that Emmanuel Acho is asking tie that in with Caleb Williams's personality. You know, he wants ownership of a team. Like I, as talented as he is, I'm telling you like this, like, and he's never really been in trouble, but like all of this baggage and all this stuff that comes with him. I don't know, man. I don't know. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a weird time for these young men to grow up with social media. I mean, this guy, 
this guy's on TV commercials. Like he's on Nissan commercials and Wendy's commercials. And it's just like, already say that again. So he's already on the Heisman house thing. You know, it's just like, it doesn't like disincentivize them to like even play the game. Mm. There's so much money involved. And I just don't know if it's, you know, healthy for the sport, but look across the league, you know, the bears are playing, you know, Bajent, like you've never even heard of some of these kids. And they're like these random ass backup quarterbacks because they can't afford to pay anybody else because your your head guy's making $52 million a year. It's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Caleb Williams is going to be really interesting to keep tabs on um, as a as a pro. There's always talks about like, hey, when you have your great quarterback on a rookie deals, when you go all in and um, – and then once you got to pay them, good luck. Uh, next rival we're going to talk about is Clemson. I think I saw a stat something like they're seven and six after losing to Notre Dame or since, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Not great right now. Just fresh off, what was it? They just lost to Miami, I believe. Um, thoughts on uh, Dabo Sweeney's program right now, Ghouls, and, and then that, you know, pivotal matchup. So I just have a couple quick thoughts. I was on the field. Last year for the yep. beatdown, I was on the field pregame on Clemson's side because now they kind of – they sort of stick you in a corner. Before, you used to have free reign. But I was in the Clemson end zone really eyeballing those players, Mike, the body types, etc. And I'm like, we we have surpassed them in terms of the eyeball test. For what it's worth, we, we have better looking athletes, which is a testament to, you know, Brian Kelly to a degree, as lazy of a recruiter as he was, you know, Coach Bayless and the, the strength program and Freeman as a recruiter. Like we just got guys that, you know, look different. Um, so I think we've passed Clemson. This Clemson game is going to be really interesting because they have nothing to lose. And... Um, it's going to kind of be a testament for how good of a coach Sweeney or Dabo is or, or isn't, you know, it's going to be a big game. I don't, I, I think it's going to be, I mean, they still have players and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a game. Yeah, it, it is. Yep. Jonesy, I, I see your comment. We're going to get to that shortly. Um, yeah. Ghouls. I would, I might push back a little. They have nothing to lose, man. If they go to four losses, no one likes losing to Notre Dame. Lose a Notre Dame at home. You know, the whole, oh, Notre Dame's overrated crowd out there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a lot of Clemson fans. Uh, I would imagine that. Well, uh, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, they're going to let, the, let it all hang out. Oh, yeah. They're, yes. They, I I think that's going to be a tight game. If Notre Dame is like, if Notre Dame crushes Pitt this weekend, and I don't know who Clemson has this weekend, but, you know, if, if Notre Dame's like an eight, nine point road favorite, I'd probably take, I'd, I'd take Clemson the points there. I, I think Notre Dame still win. But that's going to be a tough one. Um, it's not going to be a night game. It's a noon or three thirty, which is interesting. I think it was um, fully announced. I think it's three thirty. I could be wrong, but I this morning I they said it's noon or three thirty. It's one of the two. Yeah. It's you know the. So the that'll story. be an interesting dynamic, right? Yeah. You know, you come off a of buy. So let's see what we look like against Pitt, and then we do have to go out. I mean, our two big games this year were Ohio State at home, yeah, and USC at home. And from what I hear, from what I understand, Clemson isn't the easiest uh, place to play. Correct. And like I said, I mean, their backs are truly against the wall. Um, and not that I'm worried, but I'm like, I think it's going to be a ball game. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Your boy does own a condo about a mile and a half from campus. Mm-hmm. So in my heart, or in my, I shouldn't say my heart, my business sense is like, man, I need Clemson. I need people to keep going to Clemson games because I got a business now in that town. Um, so Dabo turns this thing around for uh, for little Mike. Um, last program we got to talk about is Michigan, and the uh, and, and I think his name is Connor, and I'm nicknaming him the the sign stealing stallion. Stallion's his last name, so Connor the sign stealing stallion. What the hell is going on with Michigan? I mean, Jim Harbaugh already got suspended this year for was it a recruiting infraction? Yeah. They just got all sorts of crap going on, and the stallion got suspended with pay. And I posted on the message board. I mean, he better get suspended with pay. He's kind of the fall guy, right? I mean, 
he makes $55,000 a year. I saw this ESPN's Pete Thamel tweet this. He makes $55,000 per year. And he went to something like a double-digit like games. Yeah, like 30 games or something. Yeah. yeah. You think he's paying for all these? He's just working on this himself? I mean, come on. Get a grip, people. So thoughts on uh, on the Michigan Wolverines right now. I mean, uh, their best win of the season, I think, is against UNLV. Shout out to the Run Rebels, um, yeah, full team now. But uh, yeah, Mike, it's interesting. Yeah, so it's like looking at Michigan's schedule. Is that the model? I mean, is that the model? Is to like, okay, we recruit pretty well. We literally play no one, play no one. We're going to play one game a year, and then make it to the playoff, and then just let the chips fall where they they may, right? Uh, but yeah, I don't think Clemson. Going back to Clemson, I don't think Clemson's really a rivalry. I don't. I don't think there's enough history there, but it, it is, but it isn't, right? I mean, Michigan's a legit rival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Harbaugh's a – and Harbaugh's such like a – he's an odd guy. He's odd, right? Uh, I heard this from guys that have played for him. Like, he's an odd He's an odd duck. So, we'll see what happens. Like, you, you, you want – Nothing of substance is going to happen, though, right? You know, even if they the NCAA come in, I mean, what does the NCAA even do anymore? I mean, I have no idea, right? Right. But if they do get penalized, it's not like they're going to vacate wins or something like that. It'll be fines or whatever, right? So, and maybe you know, maybe a guy like a Harbaugh he does his due diligence before he sends the uh, the stallion out on the road to steal signals. It's like, well, this is worst case scenario. I'm going to get slapped on the wrist. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, that is part of football. I mean, it's part of sports, like the sign stealing. Like, wait till they get AI involved with all of this crap, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, just not a good look. Not a good look for Michigan. Mm. Not a good look. I don't really have much else to add. Yeah, just I will add, and I'm sure you'll have thoughts on this. You look at the USC crap with Caleb Williams. Look at this Michigan stuff. That's why, like, I, I love covering Notre Dame, man. Good, clean yeah. program. And you talk about this all the time. Maybe they're not winning a bunch of national championships, but they're running a good, clean program. And I that matters to me. It matters. Mean, to me. Yeah, it's – it's um, you know, I've had, I've had this heated conversation at many a bar over the course of my 20 years as a legal drinker. It's like, you know, you'll be rubbing elbows at some bar in Chicago and there's a Michigan fan, there's an Ohio State fan. It's like, what do you guys, what does your program stand for? What are you as a fan like actually rooting for? You know, football excellence, I suppose. But, you know, we I think we can have both. We can have academic excellence, football excellence, create good people. Our guys graduate, you know, so it's just, it's, Let's talk. Let's jump into Freeman national exposure, et cetera. So, for a time there, Notre Dame was kind of, and we did it to ourselves. When Coach Holtz was here, you don't really understand this, Mike, but like when Coach Holtz was here, Notre Dame was kind of a blue collar image, right? Where Lou Holtz's background, the fans and the stands is more blue collars, more down to earth. Over time, Notre Dame marketed itself as like holier than thou. You know, we, we became a little uppity and that turned some people off because you sit there and you go, why would anybody like hate Notre Dame? We graduate our kids. We don't cheat. Hell, we're not winning championships. We haven't been dominant, but yet people still have such disdain for Notre Dame. Now, if you bring Freeman into the fold as the face of the program, does he change that narrative where people clearly people are watching if you look at the the tv numbers whereas people like don't necessarily hate notre dame as much um as they you know did maybe under kelly who was a little, little bit more pompous a little bit more pretentious than than freeman presents himself as so that'll be interesting to see that national narrative he's he's difficult to again he's he's great for tv Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Or so many people just hate Notre Dame. Or the fact that Notre Dame has a really good schedule this year. Playing some marquee games. and Overnight marquee games, times. yeah. Uh, total viewers in 2023 in millions. You got Colorado 45.9, Coach Prime Effect. You got Notre Dame 34.9. That's above Bama, Texas, and FSU. And then uh, this was tweeted out October 18th, so before this past weekend's games, um, you know, in that murderer's row, little, you know, four straight games of ranked teams, mm-hmm. 730 kicks, Notre Dame at 26.9 million viewers. Um, yeah. So that's not, not bad at all. No, so and like I said, for what Freeman was really – Tasked, that's a difficult word for your boy. Tasked. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I got a bit of a lisp. Uh, Tasked with, it was like, he's knocking it out of the park. And then what is he? He's a recruiter, right? Mm -hmm. Excellent recruiter. So then we sit there and sell that to their kids. It's like when I was being recruited, it was like, well, all of our games are televised. So it's like, not only are all of our games televised, you're going to have 26, 27 million people watching you play. It's a great sell. Speaking of sell, ghouls, tell me about your shirt there. This for folks watching, uh, for folks watching or listening via podcast, Mike, tell tell them about it. Um, it's it's comfy. It's uh, I've got like four favorite shirts now, and they're all from Home Field, Mike. Mm. So this is a, a yet another Home Field offering. So you got Shakedown Thunder, got the the iconic gold helmet, couple Notre Dame logos. Yeah, their whole yeah. shtick, their whole their whole shtick is man. It's like you can't tell if it's retro or not. You know, you, you can't tell if it's retro or not like this. This could be from 1992 or it's it's brand new. It's great. And but it doesn't smell like it's from 1992. That's correct. And, you know, it, it does. It's not ripped up like it's from 1992. I love Homefield. I hope Homefield sponsors us forever. Um, and uh, so if, if Homefield folks are watching this, Mike Singer and uh, Mike Goolsby love you. So we're going to we're going to hear about Homefield real quick. Comfortable officially licensed clothing. So this is not, you You bought this off some sketchy website that they're really not supposed to be making Notre Dame gear. This stuff is licensed. And like Goolsby said, we love their designs. Um, they went back into the archives to get those old school designs. And uh, what they've created is unique and thoughtful, authentic, and shows the nostalgia of the Notre Dame football program that you love. And of course they have, um, you know, some gear for, for other, um, you know, Notre Dame programs as well. I might have an update on this uh, tennis crew neck sweatshirt that I've been talking about for months. Um, I can't talk about it tonight. Um, the deep state will not allow me to. Um, I'm probably going to regret that comment. I'm, I'm just joking, guys. But might talk about this in our next Schoolsby show. But yes, folks, Notre Dame tennis crew neck. We'll be talking about it soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, when you guys are at Notre Dame games, sitting on your couch, whatever it is, you gotta be rocking your home field apparel. And they actually have licenses to over 150 colleges. So you can find that college shirt for anyone. And when you use the promo code blue gold 23, you'll get 15% off your first order. So go to homefieldapparel.com, find your school. Seriously. Like I'm a USF grad. They have some really sick USF stuff. Um, so get some stuff for yourself your friend, your family, Christmas is coming up. So use that 15% off with blue gold 23. Um, so yeah, check that out home field. And uh, this is what, you know, you can get the exclusive Notre Dame football bundle. Um, I mean, they got a really sick hoodie, you get some sweatpants and you get the shake down the thunder shirt that uh, even Goolsby's rocking right now. So please check that out on um, that home field apparel.com. Hmm. All right. Yeah, somebody dropped a comment. Ghouls be like some tight, meaning my shirts. It's like, dude, it's a double X. It's a double X, you know? And, I mean, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to make a comment on that. I mean, okay, I will. I mean, if you got guns like Mike, you might as well, you know, might as well. Hey, man. Might as well. You know, It's not a schmedium. It's a double X. Okay. Uh, Ghouls. This is not on the topic discussion, but Notre Dame up during the season when Notre Dame sends out its depth updated depth chart, there's never any changes. It's it's pretty much a waste of time. There was a change coming off this bye week at the receiver position. So this is the the X, the boundary, right? Jaden Thomas listed as the number one. 
Jaden Greathouse, the number two. Field receiver Rico Flores, number one. Tobias Merriweather, the number two. And then the slot, you got Chris Tyree, one. Jordan Faison, two. Now, this is not saying that Jaden Greathouse is only paying the boundary, right? Or you're never going to see Jaden Thomas and Jaden Greathouse at the field at the same time. Like, I just thought that this was interesting that it's now official on the depth chart. You know, that a Tobias Merriweather is not starting. Or not a starter, I should say, um, according to this. And then uh, Jordan Faison making a dent, the uh, former walk-on lacrosse player. Um, the true freshman is uh, you know, now on the two deep. Do you have any thoughts on this, Mike? It's incredible, isn't it? Is it really? Do you find this incredible? Well, just uh, leave that up there if you don't mind. Yeah, just the um, the story of this wide receiver room, like really even the last two years. But like, the, you know, a lot of people were excited for that wide receiver just, room. Just name me. Just name me, Mike. Just, just, just say my name. You were, like I said, you bought the hype, right? You, I did, you, yeah. you did. You were definitely glass half full. Most folks were. And it's like you know to look at that, look at the look at the depth chart. It's wild. A just how many young kids there are. It's just it's remarkable. I don't necessarily care for where these guys are slotted. Like you know, you've seen Tyree catch passes where he's split out to the field, right? Right. So there is interchangeability there for sure. It bums me out though, man, to see Tobias more or less might get demoted, right? It bums yeah. me out. So maybe that's a psychological thing. And that's you know, one of my asks for the for the bye week was to really get your arms around that kid and really pour into him, whether it be Parker, even Freeman, a sports psychologist, you know, really kind of peel him apart so that he can elevate himself. So maybe taking him out of the spotlight, maybe taking him out of the starting role is is what he needs. I don't know. But to not have a legit you know, outside threat to the field, a big body wide receiver, it hurts the offense. And then beyond that, it's kind of unfair to Rico because yeah, that's not where Rico is going to make his hay. I got to yeah. stop saying making hay. I say that all the time. But you get what I'm saying. That's not a great his term. Story. Well, it's not his skill set. So it's, yeah, he's a slot. He's, he's a, a slot. slot. I mean, he's even. I mean, I, I I still think he can kind of go up and compete, and maybe even play boundary if need be. But yeah, he's going to work underneath, compete for for catches. So it's un it's unfair to to Rico to be playing out of position because another guy who's been in the program for two years just can't figure it out. So if you talk about on paper ten personnel, or even hell five wide. Jaden Thomas, I, I love him as a boundary receiver. Tobias Merriweather out to the field, the height, the speed. And then you have three slot receivers in Great House, Flores and Tyree, who are all different. They're all slot receivers to me. Mm-hmm. Great House could be at X, obviously. But Great House is the kind of the big-bodied slot guy. Tyree, the small, shifty guy. And Flores, who's the perfect balance between a Great House and a Tyree. It's perfect on paper. You just aren't getting these guys healthy at the same time, and Tobias is just not delivering the goods yet. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, why you're so excited about him before the season. Yeah, there, again, there's a lot of toys to play with, and then yeah, you look just look at that wide receiver room, like I said. You, it's a mixed bag. All of them can do a lot of things, but they all have their own strengths. And then you look at the kids that are coming in. Like, again, if you could get a Carter Nelson, I just can't stop thinking about that kid because you know he's local to me. But, I mean, he's a – I played linebacker, so, like, it's difficult. I've got to play – just look at Eli Raritan. Eli mm-hmm. Raritan is 6'6", six, six, like, plus. He's a giant, and he runs four five two or something like that. So, it's like, look at our linebacker. Could you imagine J.D. Bertrand? Six foot tall, you know, short arms. So, J.D. has to match up, has to displace and cover a six, Raritan six, one-on-one? 6'6", six, six, three-fourths, 250 pounds is Raritan. But I'm just telling you, he's one of those kids, Mike, where if you tell me he's 6'6", he I've might been be I've been in the room seven. with him. He's a big dude. He's, he's, a, a, he's just a big person, yeah. And like I told you, I ran into his father at the Ohio State game, and he was saying, like, his 10-yard split was something, like, absurd. Like, he was, like, a 1-4 one, one something, like, 10-yard split, which is just absurd. 
uh, in terms of burst and being able to run. So there's a ton of flexibility. It's no, it's it's not too dissimilar, brother, from like what we're talking about with Golden. Mm-hmm. You know, rec- Freeman's recruiting all these like amazing athletes, long multiple athletes, but then they can't get on the field because of the scheme. It's too difficult for them to comprehend and pick up in short order. And then it's like you look at the offensive side, it's like the converse of that. It's like you have all of these tools to work with, at least experiment with, and we're just we're relegated to just two yards in a cloud of dust on first and second down. So cool. We got a few super chats. Um Jonesy yeah. with ten dollars. Really appreciate this. He says, How do you think this defense would play under Elko, Duke's head coach and former Notre Dame defensive coordinator? How much better would they be? Interesting super uh, chat. I don't I'm I'm not gonna get into who's a better defensive coach. It's a great question. The the angle I'm gonna take is Help me stay on track, Singer. I think yeah, I got you. Good. There's some meat here. Duke has NFL interior guys. The, you and one of them was an ex Notre Dame guy. His name's escaping right. me, but like yeah. their their two interior guys are what we're looking for. You know, like Sean Sevillano, who's coming in. He's got a chance to be just a big thicky, like three twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, these SEC Georgia Alabama linemen. I mean, Duke guys. Those two Duke guys looked like that. Um, so. When I talk about Elko's defense and Duke versus Golden's, it's like, give me those two Duke defensive tackles, and it gives you a lot more freedom as a as a coach. Okay. It's 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 sad in a way to say that like Duke has like better guys. And then the other piece to that was coming out of that Duke game, we rotated our interior offensive linemen. And Freeman said, you know, Alt had said that they had, that was the plan all week, that they were going to rotate, you know, Spindler out, Billy Shrouth's playing two different spots, Kristoffic snapping the ball. And Freeman said in the postgame loss, like we wanted to create some competition. He said, we wanted to see how like the, they would respond, how like Zeke Carell would respond. To put a pin in this conversation, the reason Zeke Carell didn't play well against Duke was he got physically dominated and that's not technique. That's not execution. It's like, I'm 285 at this point in the season, maybe 280. And that guy is three, 330, and he's an NFL talent. Like there's only so much you could do. Right. So it's like, I thought where Freeman was like, well, we got to create competition and see how these guys respond. It's like, he didn't play poorly because he didn't execute. He got beat up by somebody that's bigger, stronger, faster than him. So it's just a testament to like those Duke players and how good they were. That's my answer comparing the two coordinators. Okay. Thanks, Jonesy. Uh, Trash said Notre Dame broke. Um, USC Williams might sit out. And he also said Fox is giving game day a run for their money. Trash, appreciate the uh, the super chats. And, and an interesting one from Nathan here with $5. He says, seeing Montana and former players at games has been awesome. Has Freeman rebuilt the alumni support? If so, how? Goolsby, do you have any? I mean, obviously, you went to the thing um, you know, last spring this, for the spring game. You talked about yeah. you know, seeing Rocket. Um, has there been anything else that, that you can talk about with uh, alumni support? I'm trying to think specifically. And Nathan asks good questions more than once. I think um, I'll get to something specific, but I could just speak as a football alum, ex-captain. There's better juice. There's more energy. Like, you know, the the game day text with the teammates and all that. Like, there's there's it's more lively. Like, there's better – there's more renewed energy amongst ex-players. And, like, you know, because of this show, I've had several ex-players, guys that I've never met that have, like, found my number or will hit me up on Twitter – and it's just like there's a lot more – I don't know. I, I, all I could just tell you is like it's a better vibe. The mood's better. I can't really nail that one specific thing that he's doing other than, you know, like beating a USC, knocking off these top 10 teams. Like it's – that matters, right? And I think that um, a lot of these guys follow recruiting, which gives you re- reason for optimism. And um, absolutely him – I mean, the one specific is like him making – at a point to be like, we want these players to come back like open door policy. Again, I went back with Ryan Grant, you know, had a great NFL career, ex-captain, 
and we got a lift in. Like we went into the weight room and they gave us gear and we like, you know, we got a lift in. That was awesome. You know, and he was like, yeah, whatever you guys need. Mm. And that's, it's difficult for a Notre Dame or like a Brian Kelly. It's difficult for them to sell like four for 40 and what Notre Dame can do for you if you don't see it. So like Marcus is, you know, choose hard, one day, one life, the four for forever, like four for 40, what can this education do? And then all of us come back and we've all found success in our own way as individuals. And you could talk to these young men, the current players, like he's completing that circle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like it. Nathan, good super chats. Um, as always, Mike, one other topic that I wanted to get to before we sign off tonight is the window to ascend as a program that was in your notes for the show tonight. Yeah. What, what, what are you talking about there? I'm, 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 I'm curious what are your thoughts are on that topic? Um, I just feel like Notre Dame is on the rise. And it's amazing what a win against USC will do, right? Because we felt like boo after the Louisville loss. But, like, I just think there's been some ups and downs. The road to success, that's just the way it goes. And then, like, you know, you've got, like, a Bama that's a little down. And everything in college football is cyclical. It's just the way it goes. And we've been kind of down. And it's like I feel like we're kind of coming up. And some of these other marquee programs – are on the downslide. And then outside of like the Marquis, the Georges, the Bamas, you know, Clemson has sloughed off. You know, Ohio State isn't what they were two, three, four years ago. You've got like a Washington and an Oregon. You've got this kind of grab bag. But I just I just feel like there is a window for us to become like a perennial top five team. I just do. Yeah. This would have been a great year because – you got some teams that have slipped early losses and then like Ohio state's vulnerable. Like some of these top teams are very vulnerable. So it's been a great year for Notre Dame with the quarterback. And uh, yeah, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. It's very disappointing, Mike. And that's where this, and this is, I mean, there's going to be plenty of off season conversation, you know, fodder in terms of what we do at that position. And like, it just, Gosh, man, it just really puts that laser focus on that quarterback position for us. The next, if, if, if what I'm saying is accurate in terms of us having this two, three, four year window to sort of capitalize while some of these other blue bloods are maybe a little bit down, you know, like, like it feels like Florida state's on the rise, you know, Notre Dame's kind of on the rise. Right. Um, and that's why I've always just wanted to build around a quarterback and build your program. So we'll see what happens in the next two years, but it's, it's, I mean, it's crucial. It's crucial. Okay. We should have our pick of the litter in terms of, you know, grad transfer quarterbacks next year, but it's just, it's, it, it's going to be a massive decision for Freeman. Yeah. And you, you think they're going to go to the portal? I've said that January 1st when yeah. the Hartman, uh, you know, thing kind of gruesome legs. Yeah. I said that I think Minchie's got a shot. I think he's, I think he's got some physical talent, um, but it's just going to be more of the same. And that Freeman's. Yeah. We talked about this on, on the Patreon, you know, John Kennedy, he basically sold me on the idea that Hartman was kind of a nice insurance policy. He was like an upscale high end insurance policy, like worst case scenario. You know, we've got a quarterback that's done this. And I, yeah, I just think the stakes are too high to trust a true freshman in CJ Carr or to trust a guy that's never done it and a Kenny Minchie as talented as they both are. I think yeah. you're you're still going to opt for that insurance. Yeah, I think they're likely to go to the portal as well, but it will be interesting. All right, Mike, I think we're going to put it there, my friend. You brought it as always. Great show. Yeah. You look fantastic with the beard. Look like you're working out every day. Trying to, um, trying to lose some weight, man. You know, mm. just got a consistency, right? That's right. So, yeah, man. But, yeah, dude, uh, staring at your fat face on the on the computer every week is it's a, it's a hell of a motivator, you know? <laughs> Not your fat face. Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to say it. I was like, oh, I'm going to back up a little bit so I don't <laughs> – my face isn't so much here. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, folks, if you're listening via podcast, appreciate you guys. 
Uh, if you haven't left us a review wherever you listen to your podcast, that'd be great if you leave us a five-star review. If you like the show, of course. And if you're on podcast or on YouTube, of course, hit the thumbs up, subscribe, all that good stuff. Blueandgold.com, so much more Notre Dame football coverage on and get on that message board as well. Uh, Ghouls be great show today. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Homefield and Irish Realty. And thank you, Notre Dame fans, for making Blue and Gold your place to be for Notre Dame football and recruiting coverage. Appreciate you all. And as always, we will catch you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.